Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the state of California. Doug Sovereign is away today. UCLA and USC are poised to ditch the Pac-12 conference and instead opt to the Big Ten, expanding the team's reach from coast to coast with more than a billion dollars expected to come out of a new Big Ten media rights deal. But comments this week from Governor Gavin Newsom asking for more transparency and criticizing the decision have been echoed by others who are asking, what about the teams that are left behind? For more on this, we are joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Professor Patrick Risch, Director of the Sports Business Program at Stanford University. So, Professor, thank you so much for your time. First off, do you think UC Berkeley is going to take a big hit from this? Well, one real quick correction. Thank you for having me on. I'm at Washington University in St. Louis. I really appreciate you having me on. And with UCLA and USC moving to the Big Ten, you know, it's funny, uh, I respect Governor, or Governor Newsom, but, you know, it, it, it seemed a lot like grandstanding when I saw that comment, because he knows darn well why this is happening. I think he just has to, you know, put up a good face, because there are a lot of alumni and people in the state that, you know, th- these two schools arguably were the marquee schools uh, of the conference. They were based in Los Angeles. That's the major market in the conference. But the bottom line is, UCLA was running a deficit over the last three years of over $100 million. This was an opportunity for them and USC to increase their financial fortunes, and there really isn't much that the governor's office can do about it. The governor has come under some criticism. He spoke before UC Regents yesterday and, as we referenced, uh, kind of called out UCLA. But he was the guy that signed a bill, Senate Bill 206, the NIL bill that allowed athletes that attend college in the state of California to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And that really changed the landscape for the NCAA, and we'll probably do some more in the future. Absolutely. And, and, and Governor Newsom deserves all the credit in the world for being one of the first states, the first state, that at least put pen to paper. And of course, what happened, there was an avalanche after he did that, because several other states followed suit, and the threats that the NCAA made towards these states and the schools in those states uh, eventually went to the wayside because they realized they couldn't ban all of these schools from NCAA competition. But going back to this whole UCLA-USC move, well, my take on it is now these student-athletes, and by the way, today was the first day that UCLA's collective, which is basically pooling a group of money from alumni and so forth that can be used towards paying the student-athletes, this is actually going to help those student athletes because now they truly are going to have this national reach because you're going to see the UCLA and USC brand more so in the central and eastern time zones where the Big Ten schools are. 
Very good point. I, and just to tag along on that particular line of thought, the decision by UCLA and along with USC in the first place uh, to leave the Pac-12 conference, how will this migration to the Pac-10 affect school competitiveness to uh, attract student athletes and, for that matter, attract some high-caliber staff members? I don't know if there's going to be much of an impact on the staff. I, I will say that I, I do believe it's actually going to, uh, if anything, it's either going to be a neutral or a positive impact on attracting student athletes. And again, let's think about now that you're in, uh, you know, if you go to UCLA, USC, now you're going to be playing the likes of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and all of those brands and every university is its own brand, both academically and athletically. All of those have such a greater legacy brand than let's say, and no offense, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. There's just this greater legacy with those more historic programs. So I do think that's actually not just in the marquee sports, Brent, of football and basketball, but in all of the sports, it's going to help them continue to be a, 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 a school that's had all this history of, of winning championships across all their sports. So what happens to the schools left behind that don't have those <laughs> dazzling brands? I mean, I, uh, I feel bad for them. Uh, I do, too. <laughs> uh, you, you know, look, the schools that are remaining, um, and, and this move, if everything stands as is right now, doesn't officially occur until 2024. So you still have two full academic years of the current Pac-12. That could change if, if things happen a certain way. But let's assume we can continue forward. Well, I suspect that really the schools like Arizona, Arizona State, and then where you folks are in the Bay Area with, with Cal, with Stanford, and obviously Utah and Colorado, I think those are the schools at the greatest peril. Because of the remaining schools, if I were to bet which two schools would jump to another conference, it would next be Oregon and Washington, just because Oregon, you've got the Nike brand, and in Washington, you've got a very affluent market in Seattle, and both of them have had greater history in football than, say, either Cal or Stanford, although Stanford's had their moments over the last 20 years. So what's going to happen to the other schools? That is the big question mark. Wherever they go, they're certainly not going to be as well off as they've been under the existing Pac-12. you got to imagine that behind closed doors at UC Berkeley, they're talking about their next move, do you think? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, every, every college right now, from West Coast to East Coast, that is not in the, currently in the Big Ten or SEC is trying to figure out what the heck are they going to do. And it, and it really is kind of almost you feel like throwing your hands up in the air. Cal Berkeley, again, great academic school, have a lot of respect for the school. But athletically, what are they going to do? Where are they going to end up? Some people have talked about a merger with the Big 12. Apparently those talks were ongoing recently and now have gone to the wayside. They could pick up again. It's really a crapshoot. It feels like right now, as an observer looking in, where are they going to go? And, and like you said, uh, Patty, I, I do have a great deep empathy for the alumni of these schools, but in particular of those schools that could be left out in the financial cold. When you look towards, is it inevitable that uh, college athletes will soon, or well, I, I don't know, soon is the right world, but eventually be considered uh, professional employees? It sure does feel like it's moving in that direction. Um, you know, and obviously all these years there's been this resistance of paying student athletes. And I think part of it, the exterior was we want to protect amateurism, but the reality was they're trying to save money. The schools were. Well, if the money is coming from corporate America, 
if these student athletes have value, and they do have differing levels of value depending upon where they play and their own you know, individual excellence, I have no problem with them making money. Um, but I think there's a way to do it. We still have to think about protecting these athletes from uh, those that are unscrupulous, like agents that may want to take advantage of them. We've already heard stories of agents trying to take advantage of some of the students and their name, image, and likeness deal. So there need to be guardrails, but do I feel that student-athletes should be compensated for their value? Absolutely. So many amazing and difficult layers to this story, and it continues to unfold. And we are so thankful for your time, Professor. Professor Patrick Risch, Director of the Sports Business Program at Washington University in St. Louis. And you can hear the State of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.